three. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Having Coffee with the King, brought to you by my favorite guy in the whole world. He's my new buddy, my new pal. Pete Wilcox brings us coffee with the king. Coffee with the king. We're having coffee again. Look at this, Pete. I got to show you what I did. Just for I you, baby. I'm, I'm, very, I'm very happy about that. Check that out. Da -da 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 -da. Here we go. Coffee with the real king, ushered in by the king of rock and roll. There okay. you go. Absolutely. So um, let me tell everybody, because um, sometimes the best conversations we have are off the air. So we decided to just go ahead and film our conversation. Um, let me tell everybody what's going on. In uh, October the 5th, we got a really interesting guy who um, I'm glad you checked out for me. His name is Kevin Schopel. And Kevin is a guy who's written now four books on psychics and Christianity and the gifts of the spirit. He's got an, an amazing array of books. Um, He's going to come on the show and talk to us about what prompted him as a Christian to write books on psychics. Uh, and the answer was very surprising. I know Kevin a bit. I've had him on my show previously. Um, he's a great guy, and I know, Pete, that you'll enjoy uh, his, his um, insight and his knowledge and, uh, and expertise. And he'll join us October 5th. But, and I wanted to, to make sure we got that out. But I got to ask you, my friend, how the heck are you today? Well, God bless you. I feel real good. Um, I live down in Florida, in Ocala, Florida, and the summer, I think, has officially left us. We've dropped down into the 60s in the morning. So from now until May, we will have beautiful weather, beautiful temperatures, and Florida is the paradise it's supposed to be. In the summer, we wrestle with the heat, just like Vegas. Actually, Vegas and Florida have similar kind of weather with the, yeah. you know, humidity being the big difference. <clears throat> Excuse yeah, me. I'll, I'll tell you what. I live in New Jersey, and there's nothing normal about New Jersey weather. Um, if it's going to happen, we're going to get it. That's so funny. The Garden State, I mean, you're very green. Um, it's sure. part of New England, and New England on the globe is the same as England, so that's why they called it New England when they came over here. Yeah. But uh, I don't remember, as a boy, once in a while a hurricane would come through. I think I remember maybe three or four in my youth, and we were always very excited. We were always hoping we'd get out of school. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> same with snowstorms, right? You know, we're saying, oh, we're yeah. going to go get the sleds ready. We're going tomorrow. Not anymore. They send your butt to school now. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah, and, and it's just, honest to goodness, we're facing, we are seriously facing global change in weather and conditions. I mean, you know, I, we're not going to turn into that conversation, but. Well, I, I'll tell you what, though, uh, you you brought it up, and we you and I have talked about it. We might want to do that someday and have that conversation. Why the strange weather pattern? Why the. Uh, the odd environmental patterns that we see today. I think it's all scriptural, and I think it's quite frankly biblical. Yes, I was going to go there too. Yeah. We're warned well, we'll, about we you'll have, have earthquakes, you'll have fires, you'll have pestilence. And part of that, we already know scientifically that the poles and the earth have changed. Yeah. And when they do, 
dear God, uh, civilization and maybe even a former sort of man may have been lost because everything on a planet would be. If it suddenly yeah. shift, you don't know what gravity is going to do. Oh, sure. Uh, in in our in our society in our world today, electronics and gas and uh, so many things will be completely destroyed and ripped out. That uh, that may be that may be part of quote unquote the tribulation. Well, and that's something you know. I hear that word, and and I gotta tell you, um, it only appears in the Bible. Once the word tribulation, um, and it's in the book of Revelation. Um, it's interesting that they use that word uh, when referring to Armageddon. This great tribulation will come. Um, I'm not quite sure, Pete, that we're not headed there now. Quite frankly, oh, I would say we're definitely headed there. I mean, if we're going to go back into Jesus talking to the twelve, and he's and they say. Uh, Jesus, when is it coming? What are the signs? He says, okay, here we go. And he talks yeah. about, you know, the, the moon turning to blood and, and fires and pestilence and earthquakes, yeah. wars of rumors and all of this. Right. That's all slowly coming. Look, I mean, uh, I, I forget who it was. Somebody's about to go nuclear within a month, and God only knows what that'll bring to the Middle East. Um, we know that the the earth is is changing, and as mm -hmm. it changes and shifts, that to me should will certainly uh, bring about earthquaking. Absolutely. Uh, sure. And he says all of these things will happen before I come back. Yeah. And uh, I mean, without being too stupid, every day brings us one step closer to that event. Sure. But we're we're led to believe that I'm going to take my church out. The word rapture isn't used, but that's what rapture is. It's a Greek word that means yeah. a taking out of. So Yeah, I'll tell you what, Pete Wilcox, you are you are touching all of the hot button issues that we want to talk about, but we're not going to talk about them today. No, not um, today. Because I'll tell you what, Pete, <laughs> you're laughing because you know. That's all right. We're not going to, as I said, we're not going to talk about any of that today. What are we going to talk about? I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> We were actually talking off air. See, some of the best conversations we have are off air. I know. But we decided, this is, folks, you have to understand something. When you got Decipio and Wilcox together, both who love to speak and both who do it really, really well, um, you just have to kind of go with us and let yes. us, off we go off on tangents, just let us roll. Well, what happened? Also, some some good will come out of it. We were, originally, we thought we were going to have Kevin here, and we'll talk about the fruits of the spirits, which right. is very exciting. We will when he gets here. Well, but and we, we started we talking about the nature of man, and we're both going off and said, shouldn't we be on the air with this? Oh, yep, well, let's go. Come on. And you know what? You're absolutely right. And we are going to talk about the fruits of the spirit with Kevin and also today because, Pete, what you and I were talking about, you asked a very simple question. And our conversations generally start with very simple questions. Um, the question was, how did we, you know, succumb to the things like money, power, sex, greed, um, pleasure, these kinds of things? And my response was, 
it's our primitive nature. It's our primal nature. Think about the very, very beginning. What did Eve do? Instead of being obedient to God and not touching the apple, well, she went ahead and touched the apple. Why? Because she could. Yeah, she, she paid she the had price for it. Well, right. Um. But here's the question I have for you. And, it, and and I don't know if it's a character flaw that God built in us or whether we acquired it over time as as people, as a species. But the, the notion, the idea that we should be more godlike, that's that's easier said than done. And we and you you know it, especially I know it, especially being in the entertainment business, because we are bombarded of the senses with all kinds of lustful things, money, uh, pretty women, free sex, free food. Free Just a second. Don't make me out to be the bum that I am. <laughs> <laughs> Brother, I'm a bum that was there, too. So, uh, oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Well, one of the things that we talked about are the nature and it would seem to me, as I, in my humble understanding, try to wrestle with the Word of God in the Bible, we were created in His image. So it would seem to me, at first, we would be assigned His nature. Um, see, he, yeah, it's interesting. Now, His nature has free will. Yeah. Excuse me. That's And so He gave that to us. Trouble, or the unfair thing is, He's smarter than we are. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So when Satan no comes against him, he told him to take a hike. He's, exactly. He's settled that right away. That's interesting, <laughs> yeah. man. That's interesting. Satan, I mean, the God, the Father, rebuked Satan. Yeah. He sent him running. Absolutely. Jesus tells us we can do the same thing. We do. We can do the same thing. We just have to have the strength and and stay prayed up strong enough to do that. So when you get an instinct, you say, oh, wait a minute. I know where I came from. You, out. The other thing, Pete, is really important that people should know this. Rebuking Satan in Jesus' name comes with a price. There is a price to pay for rebuking Satan in Jesus' name. The price is when he comes back to get you, and he will, because he's sneaky like that. Because Satan don't just, he's not just going to go away. He's, he'll go away, but he's going to come back. Because he's good like that. He's a creep. That's all he has to do. Yeah. That, and that's it. But, that's here, but what do we do? What do I'm we do? Him again. There you go. Yeah, I thought I told you, get out of my life. And it does take strength. It does. See, now now we're going to get into something that I really am looking forward to, and we could almost have a series on that, and that is renewing the mind. Yes. Renew the mind with the Word of God and His principles. You stay stronger. It's like what you think about is who you are. Yes. What you're putting in is what you are. And it, in the Old Testament, it's keep my words in front of you. In the New Testament, it's Renew your mind. If you keep yeah. going over, and you know, like I've I've had some friends that I I love dearly. Oh, I already read the Bible. 
Well, that's not the advice. The advice is read it and reread it because those words, the strength that you will derive from those words gets stronger as you read them. You yeah. Read them and, it's, and, and you get, oh, wow, I didn't recognize, I didn't notice this as last time. I had a wonderful acting teacher who uh, was speaking to us on artwork uh, one time, the masterpieces, and you take something, uh, well, you might even take the Mona Lisa. We'll just, for the fun, we'll take her. You look at her when you're 20, and there's a girl, and she has this little, simple little smile, and that's a nice picture. You come back at 40, and you look at it, and you say, wow, I wonder what she's smiling about. Exactly. And then back at 50, you almost think you have an idea. Exactly. Yeah. The, the artwork hasn't changed. You have. That's the same with the Bible. Yeah. That word is exactly. But as you renew it and you read that again, you say, oh, my God, I, I, I see what he's saying. I understand it now or I understand it better. Will we ever completely understand it? Yeah. When he stands next to us. Sure. It's, gonna, it's I might even say to him, you know, you could have come a little quicker. You could have helped me with this if you well, want. You might laugh and say, I wasn't supposed to. You're supposed to work on that. And I was just going to tie in that because you're absolutely right. The other thing is understanding what you're reading. It, it's, it's fine to read and read again. And that's beautiful. And we should. We should read repeatedly to let it sink in. But not just holding it to memory, but we should understand the words we're remembering and right. why we're remembering. It's like you, you brought up an acting coach, okay? I've had some acting as well. When you read a script, what, essentially what are you doing? You're memorizing dialogue. Well, that's what a Bible is. The Bible is our script. It's our dialogue with God. And we should not only know that and remember it, but we should understand it. Tell me if I'm wrong. No, and uh, in, in, matter of fact, I'm going to go back to the acting thing and tie them in together. When you're reading a script, this is your part, and you're the guy. All right. Yes, you're supposed to memorize the lines, but my acting coach suggested that's almost the last thing you do. You want to understand the moment. Why is this happening? What's the other guy doing to you? Oh, I get it. Now you know what he's doing to you. You almost don't have to memorize the lines because that's what the guy would have to say. Ah, and it makes so much more sense. If it you do really it like does. And thank you for putting it in that context. I'd not thought about that before. Well, I don't know that I had either. Bless your heart. It's our conversation that lured <laughs> that out of me. It made me there sort of expected. Well, the same thing is with God's dialogue is to us. Part of what would be good for us to do in, in our understanding of him is why is he saying this to us? Exactly. What's in his mind? This is what he said. You have a thought and then you say something. Now, when you're dealing with God, he might be so specifically literal that he can just, he can express himself so perfectly. Uh, we just have to hope that whoever was writing it down wrote it down perfectly. But yeah. we understand what he had in mind when he was telling us this, why he was telling That's what Jesus does the Ten Commandments so well. Instead of having to understand about seven of them, yeah. he says, love thy neighbor as thyself. 
If you love your neighbor as yourself, you're not going to steal from him. You're not going to kill him. You're not going to try to get his old lady. Exactly. You know, Everything all, else falls into place. Right. And that's understanding the mind of God. And, and that's, wow. That's why if you can really grasp the concept of the Bible being a love note. Yeah, exactly. As opposed to a rule book. Well, let's talk about that. There are people who believe that the Bible um, is a guidebook. Uh, it is a, um, a blueprint for, uh, for living your life, for living a good Christian life. But it also has lessons, you know, even if you're not a Christian, even if you, you don't call yourself a follower of Jesus or a particularly godly. There are a lot of lessons to glean from the Bible that can help you in just everyday life. Why are people then, Pete, and you've been around for a little while, why are people hesitant and resistant to accept the Bible as any kind of authoritative figure? Because everybody wants to do what they want to do. They don't want to be told what to do. It's oppressive. You, uh, and, and that's why he's very careful it's so funny, Frank Sinatra said this. It's like in a marriage, be careful how you um, articulate your thoughts to your spouse. Um, Frank used to say about women, can't they just ask instead of telling? And so is in it, and that's very good when you, honey, how about this? As opposed to, I want you to do this. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. and 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 the Lord, and that's what I think. God meant to do and Jesus meant to do is is almost to lure it out of you for your own good. There you go. That's what I was looking for. Thank you. Thank you. It's for your own good. Yes. Because the question I asked you off camera was, why do people get in their own way? We do that better than any species on the planet. Right. Human beings get in their own way more than any two-legged or four-legged creature walking the earth. Why do we do that, Pete? Why do we get in our own way? Uh, well, I don't know. Uh, one of the things that comes to me as we say that is right from the beginning, it's almost like, what's Satan's first gig? And that is to make Eve doubt the authenticity of God's word. Surely, you will, surely you will not die. Surely you don't have to do what he's saying. You're coming home from school and you and your dad's told you don't play in the street. Oh, you got nothing to worry about. You can see the cars coming. Maybe you can't. Maybe somebody's drunk. Maybe somebody pulls out of a driveway. You should not be in the street. And um, yeah, and, and it's that uh, that nature of wanting to do things your own way. Why, when you tell a little kid don't touch that, he goes and does it. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't think he's old enough to give you any grief yet. I remember sure. I was very fortunate in my life. I was living with uh, a, a little girl, and she would just, no matter what you said do, wham, she did it. It was almost like her next thing to do is going to be whatever you tell her not to. Exactly. It's got, it's got, to, got to find a way to put it to them Yeah. Uh, that makes them want to do it. If your children... The love you and respect you so much, they'll be very, uh, they'll be, they don't want to fall out of favor with you. Yeah. Uh, it's funny, while I'm on that and I'm thinking about it, I am going to bring this up. It's like almost the kindest thing a father can do to his daughter is almost take her out. 
take her out when she's doing hold a chair for her, hold a door for her, treat her yeah. like a lady, so the next guy coming along has got to top that act. Well, Where and it's, you know, it's to her, the next guy that comes along has her. It's funny you say that because my daughter and I, my daughter's 21 now. My daughter and I used to do that frequently. We would have Daddy Daughter Day. Yes, we'd go great. To have lunch. We go to a matinee movie, you know. And she got all grown up now, and she's got her own life. And and I sit here looking like the old, <laughs> the old fart, you know. <laughs> but uh, but she is a good kid, and uh, and funny enough, she was never one of those girls. And you know, she's that little girl. She's never one of those little girls that did the opposite of what I asked her. She always did what we told her. Right. Well, you're that's a you know, we're very very fortunate. We don't have. Thank God, thank you, God, that we don't have a problem. And my daughter Shelby is listening to us right now, as a matter of fact. She's in the kitchen, not 20 feet from here, and making lunch for herself. Oh, okay. Hi, Shelby. And now she's laughing at me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Well, but, it was funny. Uh, it would be interesting. I'll bet when she was young, when she was little, there was a more encouraging, engaging tone to your voice that she responded to as opposed to a dictatorial uh, way about you don't, don't, don't. Oh, yeah. And that's well, I, you know, it's funny that you, I mean, I'm glad you say that. And, and thank you for saying that. Because one of the things I've never done with anyone, and I'm just, I, I, it's not me. I can't do that. I'm not, I'm not the dictator. I'm not the, uh, you know, the tyrant, you know. You you mentioned it earlier. God gives us free will. I just make my children understand and realize the consequences of doing this as opposed to doing that. You can choose to do your way if you want, and that's okay, but this is the price you're going to pay for it. But I'm not going to stop you, but if you get in trouble, I'll be here to bail you out. We we just had a breakdown. I don't know if you got it. There's a science. Yeah, connect. I got you. I got you, Pete. Oh, Pete's froze up. Well, these these things do happen from time to time. So, right. Pete, when last we left off, we were talking about obedience to God's spirit and God's will, and using uh, children as an example. So, uh, and I never asked you a question. You know, I know a lot about you, Pete, but I don't know. Do you have any children? I do. I have a son. A fifty. Uh, I always have trouble with this. He's fifty-six. There you go. <laughs> Get in trouble. Fifty-six. Remember his age. No, you know it's funny. No, he isn't. He's fifty-seven. Fifty-seven. It's, it's, he. I got. I turned. I turned twenty-one, and then he was born. Like boom, boom. So oh, he's gotcha, Yeah. You know, so I got a. He's twenty-one years behind me. No, oh, I got you. So I'm um, your your son is actually just a few years younger than I am. I'm 62, so I'm just I only have a, a just maybe five years or so, four or five years on your son. Yeah. Um, when you um when you were first of all, were you a good dad? Would you call yourself a good dad? No, as a matter of fact, I'm rather ashamed of what happened. Um, I was a young, foolish rock and roll singer. And my intentions and my uh, drive was all about me and my career. And I'm yeah. very sorry about that. And it resulted in 
us separating and uh, I was in what so sad as I was saying about his mom and him mm -hmm. and I have to just say it was the influence of Satan in my life and following those instincts do what you want you can be a rock singer you can be a star you can have all the trappings you can have all of this and that and those are such hollow empty uh, successes that sadly we put up on a pedestal yeah. and I forget where it is Solomon talks about that he says nobody will be richer than me nobody will have more than me and I tell you it's all in vain it's all in vain yeah yeah it's um it's remarkable that you uh, that you managed to say as uh, as grounded spiritually as you have um, I know quite a bit about your career. I've followed you um, for a long time, and I approached you God, now about a year and a half ago now, um, knowing exactly what I was getting into and knowing exactly who you are, and also knowing in my heart of hearts that you're a different guy than you used to be. Um, you seemed much more caring of other people and not so much you know, what can happen for Pete Wilcox? Um, you're with a beautiful young lady now, Miss Linda, uh, Mrs. Wilcox, we should call her, um, who keeps you on the straight and narrow and kicks your butt when you, <laughs> when you need it. Um, but you're a guy that uh, God spoke to my heart and said, this is the guy that you're supposed to be with. And uh, and I said, all right, Lord, let's, let's roll it. We're going to roll the dice like in Vegas. We're going to roll the dice and... You know, see if we come up with snake eyes or we got a winning combination here. So I think we got a winning combination, Pete. Um, you're a guy who came a long way. You had the trappings of success. You had the money and the glamour and the women and the big stage shows um, and television. And people, you know, we could talk, you know, five episodes just about your television career. Um were there lessons for you, Pete, to glean from that, from your career? Are there things you will never do now? Are there things that you, you'll do different now? Um, it's a looking back that helps you. Everybody has 2020 hindsight. Career-wise, uh, I don't know as much as why you go after certain things. I mean, for instance, one one way place it really shows up is I'm gonna say in songwriting. Uh, as a young rock and roll songwriter, I wrote lyrics that were very explicit. They were very sensuous. Uh, those were the songs that we were listening to. Give you an example. Anybody near our age heard and probably liked Honky Talk Women by the Rolling Stones. Sure. Uh, it's a great rock and roll song, but the lyrics in the song are very. Um, they're quite against, suggestive. They are yeah, quite suggestive. Word of God. They are not. They should not be our drive. They should not be our story. We should not be glamorizing that behavior. Through yeah, absolutely. Song. And, uh, and we're certainly not going to re repeat the words of that song here, not and, on this show. And you're never going to hear that song in heaven. No. No, that's not going to be sung. I have a song that I wrote. It was something like that. It's called The Gypsy Witch. And it talks about a guy who 
you know, was intrigued by this very sensuous, sexy girl who was a witch and down in New Orleans in the swamp and the gators and all of that. Yeah. And she takes him home and she has her way with him. And I rather unfortunately kind of graphically described what happened to him. Now, yeah. as I was writing it, I was trying to perpetuate uh, a, a sort of an image as a songwriter. What I was trying to do was create a character who was romantic and dangerous and fun and daring. Gotcha. And then I'll step into the character I just created. Exactly. And I got to tell you. Sing the songs I wrote and I'm the guy. As you're listening to the song, they're biographical. So yeah. you can fall in love with me right now, honey, and everything's going to be okay. And yeah. the motivation for that, all of that, is so wrong. It's so off. It's not what singing and music is supposed to be about. I Absolutely. mean, rock and roll music was about going to the dance and dancing with Mary Lou and having fun and moving. In a it wasn't supposed to be about Betty Lou's underwear. And that's, <laughs> yeah, right. And that's where it went. Yeah. And that's unfortunate. Sure. And we have to find that and bring it out of that. Now then, um, the right parent... Um, as, as he's helping his child develop in his spiritual growth, his or her spiritual growth, should point that out and say, honey, do you hear what that right. is? You don't want that, darling. You don't, you don't want that. You don't want that part of your life exposed uh, or, or investigated publicly. Um, those are private things. And sexuality, as absolutely beautiful as it is, is a reserved communication between you and your spouse help to build in intimacy and bond. It's yeah. not meant to go down to Friday night at the corner bar to see who you want to have it with. Sure. And that, unfortunately, is where music has, lyrics have led us. The music doesn't. The music is just music. Yeah. The lyrics and the story content led us over there. Why? Well, and, that's, and, and I want to interject something because it's really important. I'm going to say this to people. Piggybacking off of what you just said, sexuality is one of God's gifts to us. And it was intended to be between two people to show their physical expression of their spiritual love. That, too, like everything else that Satan touches, has gotten perverted. Mm -hmm. So instead of finding a helpmate to share that with, you do go to the corner bar and look for, you know, um, you know, um, Ella Easy or whoever the heck is hanging down at the bar. Um, and it's all too simple to pervert God's love through ridiculous, stupid acts. It, and stupidity is like. I think that should be our mantra of the day. Don't be stupid. Don't you know? Be godly. Don't be stupid. You know. Well, I put before you life and death. Choose life. Yeah. 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 It's uh, you really pretty cut and dry, Pete. It really is. It is. You you want those you want those uh, stimuluses around you that that aid to that. It, it goes back again to renewing the mind is so important. And understand, you're not renewing your mind to take away the fun. 
you're re renewing your mind to receive and exchange the joy of life with the giver of life. What you're turning away from is the liar, the ultimate liar. You're turning away from what will hurt you, what will yeah. will ruin your relationship with your wife. Will will, will it just it, it yes it it uh, it's it's funny. I was writing something about it. For sin can be a three minute expression of passion leaving you with a lifetime of regret yeah bad trade sure bad trade but what's the lie that comes with it oh surely that won't happen to you kid this is nothing you're an adult they're an adult you're just having fun we're all having fun here don't worry about it and then as you as you proceed into the moment if you could see into the spiritual world, you could see him over here in the corner laughing, thinking, I got him again. Watch what yeah. happens to these yeah. two. Watch what happens to these two. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, Pete. It's, um, it's been another short but mighty episode. Uh, what do you want to leave people with today? And, uh, and what's on the agenda for the next show? Well, you got me. It's not going to. Uh, Kevin is two away, isn't he? He is. Yes. Two away. Okay. Um, well, you know what? We tapped on this a couple of times. Why don't we do this? And I will look at a couple of people who are wonderful at this. Um, let's let's maybe step into renewing the mind. Beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a real wonderful topic to sure. to, to undertake. Walk away with. I like it. Well, we I like away, it. You say, what can we walk away with today? A, a, a thought would be to just remember that his word are loving guide, guidelines. They're, they're ways to help you and lead you to joy, his peace, the creator talking to his favorite creation. Kids, do this. You'll have the most wonderful life. I will yeah. give you all that I can. I will share all this with you. Reach to that. It's almost like lean not to your own understanding. Exactly. Lean on me. Yeah. Bill Withers, lean on me. Exactly. Yeah. It's a very simple proposition. Like Pete says, I give you life, I give you death. Choose life. You know Real what's so simple. funny? I'm, I've been trying to find songs, and this I'm going to really investigate. As a matter of fact, I'm going to write this down because I want to investigate it. One of the wonderful songs that uh, um, I like to find a song that you can turn into a gospel song that wasn't necessarily written to be one. One of the best Elvis songs, and I used to do it when I was down there in Pigeon Forge, The Wonder of You. Yeah. If, just go through the lyrics of that and think of that as a love song between you and the Lord, it's so good. The only thing, um, uh, I forget, there's one line, it might be, your kiss to me is worth the fortune. Your love for me is worth the fortune. Yeah. That's the only thing you have to change, but the whole song, the wonder of God Almighty, his love for you and no one else will care. You're always there. Your love and understanding. Well, yeah. anyway, Bill Withers, lean on me. I'm going to go through that. And see if there isn't a uh, a wonderful gospel message in that. Well, you know, Elvis actually, it's funny to my Elvis. Um, we should tell people Pete Wilcox was America's TV Elvis. Uh, one of the things Elvis did, he did a song, um, a gospel song 
based off of a uh, a country music um, uh, a standard at the time called uh, "She Is My Everything," um, and they changed the lyric around to "He Is My Everything," Very good, and yeah. it, it appeared on Elvis's gospel album, I think, around. Well, probably 1971, Pete, maybe 72, somewhere around there. That sounds right. And uh, and that album contains one of my favorite songs. Um, and I just love it because it's uh, it's simple. It's called The Bosom of Abraham. Well, you rock my soul down, down in the bosom Abraham. of Abraham. Yes, oh, sir. Yep, yep, love yep. that song. Used to do that with Charlie. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I'm at the, he's. Uh, Charlie was a great guy. Charlie was a great guy. You know, um, something, uh, he was a ham. He really was quite a ham. Oh yeah, he was terrible but wonderful in the same breath. <laughs> you know, what I, what could, and we could, you know, investigate this off camera because I don't want to tie up our special time with our friends. But yes. there were, I was just thinking about that. I was watching on on YouTube. Um, I was singing uh, this time you gave me a mountain. And then I go walk right over. Charlie is singing with me. And I walk right over. And I sit down at the piano with Charlie. And we do Lead Me, Guide Me, and Rock of My Soul. And I'm just wondering yeah. how I could get that on a video, send it to you, and maybe you could include it at the end of one of our little broadcasts. Well, oh, we'll work absolutely. on that. We'll work on that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, we could do that. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Love to do that. Actually, yeah, and I've I've got uh, two other. I gospel can have it playing songs. right behind me. Sure. Yeah, I've got two other gospel songs: "Forevermore" and "Long Walk with Jesus," and "On My Way to Glory." I have three gospel songs that I would love to have us present. Not about me and my songwriting, but uh, since you're being kind enough to to, we're opening our spirits and sharing sure. our walk with everybody. Um, that's part of my walk, and I and I share that with you because. Nothing that Angelo and I have is for Angelo and I, other than our friendship. Everything that we have and we stumble across is for you. We absolutely we we share with you the energy of two men that love the Lord and want to be about His work, and who struggle every day to keep uh, the straight and narrow. And I will admit it; I struggle every day, but that's what Jesus wants. It's people. You get too comfortable in your own. Uh, in your own zone, Jesus has no need for you. He doesn't want people that are too comfortable in their own zone. He wants people that are a little edgy. Remember, think about what he said. I came for the sinners. I didn't come from for the righteous. The righteous don't need me. I came for the sinners. Hello, that's me. I'm the yeah. sinner. You know? I'd be Brother, wrong. I... Um, I will see you one week from today. Uh, we had a great little conversation with our friends and maybe give them something to think about, edify them a bit. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here every week having coffee with the King, Pete Wilcox, second me and Angelo. Uh, join us again, October 5th, the big show, October 5th. Kevin Schropel, author of four books on Christians and psychics, and we will find out. What Kevin Schopel has to gain by this, Pete and I will, uh, we will, we're going to uh, grill him like a, like a Waffle House steak. That's what we're going to do. Okay. So take care and we'll see you next time. God bless everyone. Bye-bye.